Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is Cheveley Park weekend, Middle Park weekend, Cambridgeshire weekend. What what actually is the feature race this weekend, Jim? I don't have a clue. Judging on times, I'd say Cambridgeshire. Ooh, bigger than the two group ones. Tough shot. I don't actually know which is. Because in my head, because in my head, I always have the Cheveley Park as a bigger race than the Middle Park for some reason. I don't know why. Even though it's not. Sexy. And also, the Cambridge is there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's a bit of a bamboozling weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, there's not an obvious feature race. Uh, it's a bloody good card, though, at Newmarket. Uh, it's getting back to the time of jumping horses as well. <laughs> Me and I've, I've been waffling on about novice chasers this week to James for about five minutes before we started recording. Uh, so I'm sure... Everyone will enjoy me going off on one in my little national corner. Uh, you liked air last weekend, Jim. Nahal getting up to win the Air Gold Cup group races for him next time. Yeah, uh, you said last week, Lewis, didn't you, that um, you thought that it would be certain that they thought they had a group-style horse on their hands with Nahar, and you were certainly correct. That was a group-winning performance. To say it, how much he got held up in the field um, Megan Nichols actually did him a bit of a favour to be honest by just giving him a bit of air and as soon as Mark Wan pressed the button on this straight and more galloping track which clearly suited him a lot more than Goodwood he absolutely turned on the speed and blitzed his way past Banny City who looked like he had it sewn up, Mr Lupton ran a good race in third, um, Kinran was fifth and went off 12-1 to 1, so we weren't too far away we did say that He'd go off a lot shorter than 25s. And sad to see no gamble on Arecibo. No. Yeah, uh, obviously great pick from me. We've made a jumbo trailing home. 23rd of 24, <laughs> only beating Cora Pick on his first start for three years. <laughs> absolutely brilliant tipping, Lewis Tomlinson. Uh, Alcumate won the Mill Reef, and it's nice to see Marcus Dragoning with another group horse on his hands after Mahaffa's retirement. Yeah, it didn't take long for him to have a good one, and I'm not quite sure what to take from this race, really. Um, it was there was plenty of pace on, and I just feel like the horses that are expecting to perform a bit better, even though 5,000 to 1 did run a, a cracker, um, and maybe Alchemate came out of the woodwork and we weren't really expecting it, I was just expecting Rhythm Master Barry and Pride to be a slight bit closer, um, I'm not a hundred percent on the way the race went. Uh, I mean, I think five thousand to one is going to be a better horse than Alchemate in time. I know he's beaten three and a quarter comfortably, um, but I just have that feeling that I think Alchemate could be better at six, and five thousand to one will be better over a mile in time. I think that's fair enough, mate. Uh, and Alarcan. Finally getting a group race this season in the arc trial that isn't really an arc trial. Alarcam's a horse who I think has been, a lot of people have been unfair on because he can't really help uh, who his parents are and how much money he's cost and that's been quite a bit of a burden to him. I don't think sometimes he helps himself by the way he goes through his races. Sometimes I think he does look a little bit 
awkward and not the most reliable. But at his best, he should have been winning this, and he wasn't far off it here. Yeah, don't say I didn't tell you. I did, I did say, Lewis, you asked me for a selection in the race, and I picked a Larkham. Um, it, it was only a selection. No strong fancy. I didn't back him, sadly. But nice to see him get his head back in front and showing the promise that he did show last year, because he ran such a good race in the Judmont. Probably would have won with a clear run. And um, he's got a win over a mile and three, which I never really thought I'd see the day. Shouldn't be winning Group 1s, though. I'd be, you know, my, my, if Alarcan was able to win a Group 1 in Europe, my my initial reaction would be that race has fallen apart. Mm. It's just an alright one. You know, I'd have him as generally about 118 at his best. His OR was 115 that he won this uh, going into... That's probably about right. They've probably got a stallion out of him. There's not too much more to say. He's won a race and I feel like I'm just slating him, which is a bit unfair. But I think this is his level. I know, uh, you know, he's been inserted into the arc betting, hasn't he? 66 to 1. Yeah, I won't be having that. Yeah, his his prize sums up um, his chances, really. A much more likely a group one winner is a Dane who somehow went off odds against to win the Dune Sign Cup. Uh, and he won it in quite decent style, beating Lord Glitter's Sandinato back in third. Really the three class horses coming to the fore there. Adave's just the model professional racehorse, you know, had a great uh, winter down in Australia. He's come back and has been fine in Britain so far this year, another tilt of the champion stakes. Runner-up in it last season. He's, he should be there or thereabouts. Yeah, I wouldn't say that this performance was necessarily that straight straightforward. I think it just took him a bit of time to realise that he was being put back into the race, uh, in, into English racing, because he sort of... Marquand got going about three furlongs out on him, and he was first off the bridle. But as soon as he saw the penny dropped and he, he remembered what he had to do, he, he soon motored and kicked three lengths clear on the field, and then just kept on galloping towards the end of the line. A, a certain tilt towards the champion stakes is fascinating. Um, it's going to be a great renewal this year if everyone turns up who does. And again, if the ground's on the softer side, you really couldn't rule him out, although he has one on good in Australia. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a, just a very, very straightforward animal. I don't think... I don't think at any stage you'd have been, you'd have felt in danger uh, if you were on a day. Lord Glitters, to be fair, has been having a, a, a very, very decent season without getting his head in front. Uh, it'd be nice to see him win one this year. What do we do with a problem like Fox Chairman? He's tripless, isn't he? And his head's out of the game. Um, geld him. Yeah, geld him and see what happens. Sorry, lad. But we're going to last resorts there. I find I find him a hard horse to like at the minute. But I don't really know what he is, and uh, disappointing really going off second in second fab, uh You know, just over two to one to beat a day. But I bet his connections were a little bit gutted with that. Anything else worth mentioning from uh, Jim? I guess Lazuli is a good, a good progressive three-year-old sprinter. Bounced back from a couple of below-par runs, but at his best, 
He's definitely group quality. Got the job done in the World Trophy. And Uncolfham. Still doesn't quite look the finish article. We'll see her out again this weekend, but she won the Firth of Clyde. Uh, any strong, anything strong to say on either of them? Uh, yeah, Uncolfham uh, got me completely wrong. I, I thought she had an obvious clear chance, but I was looking to take her on and how wrong I was. She won comfortably, I thought, in the end. and uh, Still looks as green as grass and she'll only improve her racing. And... Just to, to mention from me that came from Newmarket, Ocean Window won the Cesarowicz trial, who now can't run in the Cesarowicz. Uh, that was a very, very good performance. You'd expect to see him going up £10 for that win, at least. Uh, he was always in control, cantering under uh, Jack Mitchell. And another big win for Roger Teal and Fork Dance uh, won as comfortably as you would like under a Jamie Spencer cool, calm, collected ride and just cruised through them. Um, and that was a very impressive performance. Handicapper will certainly punish her for that, but certainly looked like they had plenty in the tank as well. Uh, yeah, and now it's time for me to talk about jumping horses. Uh, hand in my pocket uh, broke her maiden over hurdles. That was a horse I told you all to back on Derby Day uh, when she was reserved for the Bellingham <laughs> Town maiden, and she actually went. She actually went and won uh, a different race a week or so after she didn't get in. Uh, she's been turned over at odds on twice since then. We won't talk about them. Uh, but she finally broke a maiden at 11-8 to 8 at Miss Stowell. Uh, Jingle won, uh, beat Ornur in what was effectively a match race uh, after Peregrine Run fell at the first in probably one of the deeper races of the week. Also getting turned over, Malone Road. Our big, anti- our first anti-post bet of the season. Uh, beaten by N'Golo in a race that turned into a little bit of a sprint. I wouldn't be hugely uh, down on that. Obviously, yes, disappointing. Uh, longer term, still a nice one there. I don't think we quite saw him at his best. It's, it's, similar, it's a similar sort of thing to how I felt about Andy Dufresne last season. I, I still retain quite a lot of faith in Andy Dufresne. I still think he's quite a useful horse. But he looks to me like a horse who is a, li- a little bit more of a longer-term project and a horse who I wouldn't be expecting to see the best from uh, quite yet in their career. The winner in Golo is really likeable, to be fair. Stuck his neck out and battled on Bradley. That's another nice horse in the rich, richy silks. Uh, and the Kerry National, the the highlight of the week... Cabaret Queen, her second national. She won the Munster edition last season. Lovely to see a big syndicate get a win at beating her fellow man, Moy Henna. Uh, good horse, Jim. She, I, she was in the Grand National last year. I don't quite think she'd have made a cut. She won that off 142. I mean, if, if they enter her without running her again, she will get in. And she'd merit her place in the lineup. I'm talking about the Grand National on a Cheveley Park preview podcast. <laughs> Water's wet. Yeah, you certainly took her into the equation. Very, very good performance. It just clung on. I was expecting her to win by two or three lengths in the end. Um, but she made hard work of it and just rallied with my Um I've got to say, I was following Robin DeForey for you. Like, oh, 
And Mate, that he, was another point. Robin de Foray has run yet another Robin de Foray race. He was cantering to the second last, but he was going nowhere fast. Um, to, he'll carry on going towards the edge of a cliff. And I'd mark up past Niall. I thought he ran a good race. Uh, well, better than I were expecting. Um, I thought Sean O'Keefe gave that uh, horse a very, very good ride. But other than that, great performance from Cabaret Queen and hopefully bigger things to come. Yeah, lovely to see that. Uh, racing this weekend then, pal. We are going to start at Newmarket with the Royal Lodge on the Saturday. Five runner race, but quite a tidy affair. Not much between them in the betting, really, in, in general general disparity. You know, you can get five to one, the outsider of five, and five to two, the fav. Very little between them. In the minds of some bookies, best prices are though five to two Cove, seven to two Gear Up and Ontario, four to one New Mandate, and seven to one Pleasant Man. Obviously, not named after James Watson. Uh, I I like Cove Jim, and I think he should win this. Um, yeah, it, it looks like a good opportunity. Um, his form since being franked, uh, having his only defeat in his career behind Chindit, who has since won the Champagne Stakes at Doncaster, so that's a positive. Um, he got the job done last time at Salisbury, um, beat a nice, nice enough field. It was it was a winnable race, and to be honest, to say that he went off 11-4 to 4 was a bit of a steal. Um, but he's a fairly straightforward sort. They'll probably... Do you reckon they'll go Royal Lodge then Dewhurst, or do you reckon they won't go for the Dewhurst after this now? Uh, no, I'd 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 be aiming at the Verton. Yeah, it just makes sense for me to. I, I, you know, his last two starts will have been over a mile in whatever he lines up after this. So for me, it makes sense to stick there rather than going mile mile back down to seven. Yeah, um, I understand your point. I, I know. Sort of agree with you, really. Um, there's not a lot on official ratings between these. The highest of these is New Monday, um, which was a surprise to me. Um, he, he won uh, the Flying Scotsman last time out, uh, which I thought was a fairly decent race. One ruler come into that race with, with good form behind the Sweet Solario winner, Atonian, and beating a nice one of Michael Stout's in Maximal and latest generation, who since Frank the Form. Um, I think that his form of that win warrants his chances in this um, the only one really that I'm not a massive fan of and maybe it's the flashy profile again uh, is Ontario because I feel like he's although he's probably run at a higher level than the others in that group 2 last time and been beaten I feel like he's there to be taken um, he was Abysmal on debut and not well fancied at all, and and ran ran close to Rev de, Rev de Vol, uh on, on his second start at Fairy House, um, but he's slowly getting the idea. Old Ed O'Brien's two-year-olds haven't exactly been fighting fit first time out, first couple of starts this season, so um, it's interesting that he's progressive and he's obviously one of the more forward types. So Aiden gear up won the Acum. In a in a gritty style, it, I think this, going up a furlong certainly won't do him no harm. Um, the form has taken a few knocks since with Spycatcher 
finishing eighth, be- eighth behind New Mandate and uh, Broxy finished seventh behind Chindi in the Champagne. Uh, so a few knocks to that form, but gear up to it'll be a gritty sort and it'll be it'll be around midfield and he'll probably travel into the race arguably the best of the lot and he'll and he'll keep finding. Um, and then you took in Pleasant Man, who won at Haydock first time out on in soft conditions, well punted on the day by the Roger Charlton stable, and did it impressively um, out of Galileo. Just got the job done. The form of that's questionable, but the fact that they're pitching him into a Group 2 on his second start is fascinating because that's not something you often see Roger Charlton do. Uh, he likes to bring his horses through slowly. He's a fascinating rival. I think the favourite takes all the beating, but I'd be interested in Pleasant Man. Not not necessarily. At, I don't think he's a decent price, but I, I think he could progress past maybe a couple of these. Well, you can get a best price seven to one about him. Would Would you be interested in that? I'm not sure. I'm not not at sevens. No, maybe if he went out to about tens, maybe that might interest me. I just I just feel like he's been clipped in a bit too short, in my opinion. That's entirely fair, pal. Like I said, I like Cove. Uh, he's he's been running against other horses that I like and running well. You know, we've we spoke on the pod before about the strength of the Padre Stakes from uh, Chindit's done that no favours. Uh, sorry, no favours. No, he's done the, <laughs> he's done it even more favours since. Uh, you know, we know how good uh, Naval Crowns. Uh, been since then as well, winning the bigger maiden race at York, and he was placed in a long shunt group three last time out. So Lawrence is a good yardstick. Then he went over that sort of being like he said, I napped fancy man uh, for the ascendant stakes, which he won impressively after he was beat by Cove in that. Also turned over seventh kingdom that day, who was previously placed in the superlative. It's just really, really strong form uh, from the Clive Cox horse. I hope he could get the job done. Uh, I think all of this form is stronger than what Gear Up did in the Acom. Uh, like you said, it just it's looking a bad race. Second and fourth beaten at least a level since the third, last of seven in a Group Two. After that, I mean, it, it, it was a group race, but on paper at the minute, looking like it was one right down the weaker end of the scale. Ontario. Hmm. I'm also not sure what I make of this horse. Uh, they generally have quite a good record in the Royal Lodge, do uh, the Ballydoyle team, don't they? Yeah. Uh, you know, they've won it the past two years, Royal Darnock and Mohawk in the past, Daddy Longlegs, Joshua Tree, Admiral of the Fleet. None, none, none of those are particularly world-class are they? And I get, I kind of get the feeling from the way Ontario's been campaigned that <laughs> Aidan O'Brien doesn't particularly think he's one of his best either. N- not for me. Not for me here. I like New Mandate. And I mean, I, I wouldn't at the prices, could he be... I mean, it's only half a point between them, but I might swap him and gear up around. 
I think the I think the Flying Scotsman Stakes is a little bit of a more relevant race uh, in terms of recent form than the Acom. Although Gear Up Gear Up can only beat what's being put in front of him, so maybe I'm being harsh. But you know, go, even going back to his maiden win, sorry, his maiden third at Newmarket back in July, I think that was quite a tidy race, beaten there by the Harby, who was since placed in listed level. And he's improved every run this season. And I say Pleasant Man could be anything. It's a good race, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the Favier Cove. I think 5-2 to two is more than fair. And I'd have him in the upper echelons of the two-year-olds I think we've seen this season. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I fancy go for this. But I'd just be aware of Pleasant Man. I, I, I feel like the way that he won it, he had plenty in the tank last time. And I just... Maybe... I might succumb to 7-1 to one later, well, tomorrow probably, if I'm going to be backing you. But if you can get bigger, that's even better. Yeah, very fair, mate. Moving on to the Cheveley Park, the uh, Phillies Group 1, over six furlongs. The best price is Dan Dallow, 100-30, to 4-1 Miss Amulet, 11-2, Happy Romance, 6-1 to one Sacred, 7's Umculfam, 10's Alcohol Free, 14's a lower star, 18 Zoetic and 42 on the outsider, Ili Carto. Really competitive renewal and well up to scratch. Yeah, looks a cracking race to be honest. Um, all the fillies that have been running rock solid this season are, are turning up, and Dan Dalla looks to continue her unbeaten record. And she's got a bit of a task on her hand. I, I know she's. She's she has got the best form in this race, I think. Even though Miss Ambulant is rated better, um, she won the Duchess of Cambridge last time, and that form's been frank with Fevrova since. Uh, she's slowly progressed as a, a horse I really like. She won the Prix de Calvados uh, and won a listed race after uh, running a close second in this. And Tosha's since come out and won a Group Three at Ascot and blown the start in the lava last time so put a line through that um, and prior to that as well at Ascot in the Albany she was the most impressive two year old winner at, at Royal Ascot um, yeah the form is questionable of, of that race but you can't take away what she did and she's had a little niggling in you well she wasn't 100% correct she was going to go to France wasn't she Um but she goes into this race with an obvious favourites chance. I'm probably going to look to take her on. I don't know what your thoughts are, Lee. Four years in a row, this race has gone back to Ireland, Jim, and I think it's going to be five here. I like Miss Amulet for Ken Condon. I think the Lava Stakes is the most relevant piece of form here. Uh, she's strung out what was quite a decent field of fillies on paper. You know, Sacred's a very, very good yardstick, isn't she? You know, it's hard to hard to knock her. An uncle from, you know, we've seen her since come out and win the uh, Firth of Clyde last weekend. Looked like she appreciated the step up to six, but she was quick enough to beat Frenetic over five. That's really good form. You know, she's not from the sexiest of stables, really being a Ken Condon filly. And she's had a fair bit of racing. Certainly... A little bit less of a flashy type than some of the others in this. But I, I think her form's the best, and I think 4 to 1 is really fair. Uh, it's hard to knock Dan Dalla. Like you said, her win in the Albany was the strongest. Well, not the strongest, but the most visually impressive 
two-year-old win we saw at Royal Ascot. A little bit of a waft race, though. Uh, and look, the Duchess of Cambridge, she's still got the job done. She's still got the job done, even though I guess some people may have been a little bit underwhelmed. It's ended up working out a good race. The second and third of since one group races. Dandala is the right fav. She only has ones next to her name. And they've all been in races that would, you know, that, that are good bits of form for this level. But I just slightly prefer uh, what Miss Amulet did in the Lauva to anything that Dandala has done. And therefore I'm going to swing that way. Happy romance is likeable as they come. What a great story it would be. Basic form should mean she's a little bit short though at eleven to two. Really, in my opinion, I'd, I'd certainly prefer to be with Sacred or Uncultham at bigger prices than I would with Happy Romance. The Dick Pool for me wasn't the greatest Phillies group for you'd ever see. <laughs> kind of got the run of things in the York Sales race, given how. Uh, how inconvenient Stevie's company was. By the way, the race panned out. Look, she's super likeable. But stepping up to Group 1 level here, I think she's a little bit shorter than I'd have her. Like I said, Sacred is as solid as they come. As solid as they come. And I wouldn't put anyone off backing her to be in the three. Six to one each way. It is as scumbaggy as they come. <laughs> but I don't think that's a poor bet. You know, just really hard to knock and has held a form. He's a good... In, when we say good yardstick, we sometimes mean it as horses that have been that we can improve past. But Sacred has been holding her own in really, really decent races. I don't mean to say she's a good yardstick as a as a criticism or as a way to say these horses should be beating her. Uh, basic, on, on basic forms, there are one or, you know, she has a couple of pounds here and there to find, but she has yet to underperform. And the consistency, you know, is is as admirable as quality as you can have in a race or so. She's worth a point or two, really, for that. Uncle from, like I said, the Firth of Clyde wasn't a great race. I still think she's learning on the job a bit, mate. Yeah, I agree with you. She looked green as grass even after a, a and that was a third run on on Saturday, and Paul Hannigan was basically he was up and up and neck almost. I don't think I don't think she's all that big, and I think she might. I don't want to be insulting her, but I think she might just be a two year old. That's interesting, mate. I I get the feeling there might be a little bit more to come from her, but whether this is too much too soon, I'm unsure. Uh, alcohol free. I know Sheen Murphy thinks a lot of her. Thinks a lot of her, sorry, and he's back on board here. I uh, think alcohol free will beat Happy Romance this time. And the the, the break last time in the Dick Pool was what cost alcohol free the race. I think she would have won um, if if she broke on 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 terms. And I, I feel like if they were to run that race again, she's the best horse. And I think alcohol free for me is probably where I'll be playing in this. Um, I respect Dandala, but I'm, I just have a something. The fact that she wasn't a hundred percent last time and she had a little niggly injury slightly worries me. Um, Miss Amulet is rock solid, but I feel like she's there to be beaten. Um, 
interesting that Doreen Tabor's uh, bought into her now, hence why Ryan Moore gets the ride. Uh, Happy Romance, I think, will get beaten by Alcohol Free this time. Sacred is, Sacred is good. Um, like you said, you would have quite liked to have seen her win the Flying Childers last time. But you better believe it got the, the better of it. And I think Uncultham still does a lot wrong in her races to be doing it. And I think Alcohol Free being, she'll have learnt from that mistake that she did last time. And I think 10 to 1 is a, a decent each way bet. Is Aloha Star overpriced? You, you could say so because she's been fairly consistent so far. Uh, she beat the, the speedball in frenetic when upsetting the odds. Odds in, in that Phillies group too. Um, she was disqualified last time. Um, well, luckily, I felt I thought that was a bit harsh uh, on a lower start. I'd have had a kept second in the Leah Jet third. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, I thought that was a bit unfair, but um, I, I do think fourteen to one is slightly insulting about her. Yeah, me too. I I think she's the H way angle. That being said. Everyone you'd have wanted to turn up really has turned up for this. It's a cracking, cracking little event. Really looking forward to it. Uh, I am going to be with Miss Amulet, and I kind of like that you said you think she's been there to, to be improved past. Because I think she's a horse with the best form in the race, and I hope other people take that view, that because she's from a smaller yard and has done a fair bit of racing, that people are thinking she's there for the taking. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge my bets and say I don't quite think she is. I've got the feeling she's the best horse in this race. That's where I want to be with. It'd be fascinating if Fever Over had come into this, wouldn't it? I'd like to see Fever Over over. I mean, she's been doing over seven, hasn't she? I wonder whether we'll see her in the Phillies Mile later this month, later next month. Oh yes, that's something to get excited about. I know Fever Over ran in the Duchess of Cambridge last time. That was my only reasoning for it. I do think Fever Over will be better over a mile, um, but. That's that's all it's missing in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna say a lot of staff. Me, a lot of staff. I think is a good each way bet. Miss Amulet for me. And I'll go. I'll go alcohol free each way, but it's more of a watch and enjoy race to be honest, because there's so much quality in this. I'd I'd probably be with you, Lewis. I do think Miss Amulet is the is the standard setter, but I just feel like. Something like an alcohol-free or a Dandala could probably progress past her. Yeah, moving on to the three o'clock, it is an absolute treat, this, the Colts version, the middle part stakes. On paper, what a brilliant lineup. 11 to 4, Favnal Minzal, that swapped around from this morning. Uh, Method is now 3 to 1, he was Fav earlier today. 4 to 1, Lucky Vega, 9 to 2, Supremacy, 12 Tactical, 16 to 1, the Leah Jet, eighteen to one Lippy Zanna, and fifty to one Charter House. Oh mate, my head scrambled. Oh, this is a cracking renewal this year. Um, Can, how how am I? I'm, I've got a column up for what are the odds again this weekend? If anyone uh, wants to take a look at that when it's published, uh, I'm trying to write about this race. How do I how do I string a paragraph out of I like everything and I have no no idea who's going to win? <laughs> this this is fascinating because it's almost uh, the complete opposite of the Chievely Park in the fact of the sire side that you see the more 
well, you see Neymar in this springing into life in his first crop of two-year-olds, whereas in three Neymar's cots. Yeah, whereas in the Chiefly Park, you see your dandy mans, two dandy mans, Kordiaks, Exceed and XL, Soprancelots. Um, you see your your household sires that you see with the, that you've seen for the last year. Whereas you took your main masses in this, and it it makes it fascinating. I mean, there's you really couldn't rule out. I want the six the six that have got clear chances that could win this race. And for me, I think I'm gonna head towards Supremacy Corner. And I know that what Minzal did last time and what Method has done, and I said that Lucky Vega was probably the best horse in that national national stakes last time. But what Supremacy did in that Richmond stakes, I can't get it out of my head, to be perfectly honest. Um, absolutely blitz the field. And I know that the form has got massive question marks after Yazaman's been disappointing since, um, and, and not a lot has happened in behind. The way that he stretched away in that final furlong, absolutely breathtaking. Looks all speed to me. And I, I think that he may get an easy time of it up front, if anything. I don't I don't see a lot of... Other than I see the Learjet going forward. But I don't think a lot else will go forward with him. I, I think Minzal and Method will be midfield. I think Lucky Vega will be held up. Uh, and tactical a bit was held up last time. I think that supremacy might get a bit of run of, run of things in this, and I feel like nine to two is a decent enough price about at this moment in time. Yeah, that's fair enough as well. Like I've I've watched all the recent replays this morning, mate, and again it was when I rewatched supremacy. I came away and I thought, yep, Supremacy will win. And then I rewatched Minzal. <laughs> and then I rewatched Lucky Vega in the Phoenix. Uh, a lot may depend on the price of getting on the morning. It's not a race I am absolutely uh, mad on rushing into. But if you were to push me at the minute, I might be with you. I think I'm narrowing it down to Supremacy and Minzal. I think I'll be with one of the two. Yeah. Uh, the Richmond Stakes, like you said, yeah, on paper, not the best renewal. Yazaman's been beaten again uh, today. But he put the race to bed in such a quick uh, space of time, Doing it in such power time format, it is the best two-year-old performance all season at that point as well, uh, which is always worth noting. Nine to two. I, f- I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Min's elegant. Look, I don't... You've got two horses there who've both won group twos, which have probably in really impressive style. And it's hard to say which was a stronger race because the form of both isn't working out particularly well. However, they were so, both so visually impressive in doing so. That means it, it doesn't really matter what was in behind because he was just so so superior to everything else. Minza was just so tidy, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he did it so effortlessly. That was what was most impressive. 
doesn't just seem like he, he, he you know, I, I think he barely knew he was in the Norse race at York. Sky could really be the limit for him, but I think Supremacy, he's got a bit of the explosiveness about him, hasn't he? It's, it's that turn of pace that he shows from the front, and he almost puts his race to bed after with two furlongs left to go. It's almost the stretch away, and then it's the maintaining the, the speed that he's got. I mean, on pa- in pa- on paper, mate, is Lucky Vegas winning the Phoenix Stakes the best piece of form? Mm, pro- probably, yeah. And I, I, can, I can give him excuses for how the race panned out for him in the National Stakes. And again, it's, it's, it's a tactic I quite like going for, whereas if I can forgive a horse a poor run, and I feel like the horse would be a shorter price without that poor run, then it tends to be one to side with. But this is a stronger race, and I don't think I'm getting much of the value about the 4-1 about Lucky Vega. Mm. If you look at that National Stakes back, uh, Phoenix Stakes back, sorry, uh, Aloha had star travelled better than Lucky Vega in that, and then Lucky Vega got motoring and, and put the race to bed with a furlong to go, and that is probably the most impressed I've been in a two-year-old this evening, Lucky Vega. And like you said, I, I happily put a line through um, last time out, badly hampered. Um, and I think I think my two would be Supremacy and Lucky Vega. I'd be looking to take on Minzal and Method. Method, what Method did last time was good, but everyone at the time was raving about how good the performance was, but I'm not entirely sure that it was as good as what people have made out. If you compare it to to the performances of Minzal, Lucky Vega and Supremacy, and... Um, and even tactical, to chuck into that bracket, it's not been as impressive as them. And I think, I think his price is is more on his reputation than what he's done. He's beat Mighty Gurkha by two two and odd lengths, and I feel like he's he should be about five to one in my opinion. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Fascinating manual. Tactical and the Jet, both Royal Ascot winners. And they've not been disgraced as the season has gone on either. They're both double figure prices. Chances for either? Um, I'd, I'd put a mark through Tactical's run in the morning. He got chopped and changed, didn't break very well, uh, and had a tough, tough run in behind. I'd, I'd put a mark through that and ignore that. But prior to that, his two victories over Yazaman have been impressive. Um, I'd give Tactical more of a chance than the Learjet. Um, I, I never thought at no stage, well, at no stage, no, I didn't think that uh, the Learjet was going to win the Phoenix, if I'm being honest. And uh, he will have to improve again to to be in this race. And I do think five furlongs for the Learjet is more for him. I think he's out and out speed and trying him over six is worth it but I think um, there's some serious speed under his bonnet Fair enough mate I am going to be very fancy at the minute <laughs> You sit uh, on the I, fence I, I, it's I not might, like I you might, I might swing 
54 to 46 in terms of supremacy. Yes. And that means I'm going all in on supremacy because bigger decisions have been made off smaller percentages than that, as we all know. Uh, I'll be both with him. Supremacy all the way. Double nap time. <laughs> I can firmly say my nap definitely won't be coming in the middle park stakes. I can assure uh, you your nap will be coming from somewhere at Utoxeter on Tuesday. <laughs> Oh no, the boy's out again this weekend. We know where my nap's coming from, we'll wait for that. Uh, Jim the Cambridgeer, do we want to go horse by horse? No. Good, <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> because, because, in my opinion, there's only about six of this that can win it, so no, definitely not. Right, where's the shortlist then? You said six. Let's narrow it down. Tempus. Well, it's, very, it's, very, it's very unoriginal. Tempest Sinjari. 7 to 1. Sir Busker. 14 to 1. Montafam. 14 to 1. Power of Darkness. 25 to 1. And Dubai Mirage. Is that, is that 6? 28 to 1. I like. Is that, is that 6? It is. Um, well, at least I can still do maths. Um, the price has gone on Tempest. I was looking at this. Last week, and he was a double that price. But top twelve horse is Owen Johnson. Very kindly selected him, and um, he's been a revelation this season. He runs off the same way as what he won impressively off last time. The reins come for him at Newmarket. He's due to bucket it down for the next two days. He's got a good draw in twenty three. He's progressing uh, through handicaps, and I think at some stage, either this season or next season. Um, if he's kept in training, they'll probably look for a group race with him. I, d- I don't think he's that far away from him. Sinjari, you tipped up for the John Smith Cup at York last time. That was a very good performance. Um, I think I think the return to shorter, I know he's only dropping a furlong, but I think a mile and two is probably what he's best at. We saw him run over a mile and four last season and, and be disappointing a few times, but he had really good form in, in as a three-year-old in in, in three-year-old handicaps last season, um, and his performance in the John Smith Cup was very very good. Um, Sabuska and Montafam have been locking horns a bit this season. They're rock solid. Uh, Montafam was turned over in a in a listed race, which he probably should have been winning. Uh, that's the only disappointment. And and Sabuska. Uh, finished second behind Century Dream in the Celebration Mile, having finished second to Montatham in the Clipper Logistics Handicap at York. Uh, the third top rank since come out and won at Haydock in Group Company. So they're horses that have been banging on the the group level door, having running handicaps. Um, we go down to Power of Darkness. Um, he was disappointing last time in in a new market handicap and never was really in the race um, but it was clear he must have just needed that run uh, to get back into the, the, the flow of it um, obviously there's been a few problems but he was impressive when winning at the Shergar Cup last year uh, and prior to that at Salisbury I think I still think there's a bit more juice in his mark I know I know that he was disappointing last time but I think that, the long absence was was to blame for that, and 
this is his time of year. You've seen, you saw last time that, well, they won in August and June. He's more of an end of season arse. You saw that in his form uh, early on in his career, that that was more up his street. And I think he's of value at 25 to 1. And Dubai Mirage, still very likely raced with only six starts. Um, a good third behind Rack, who's been running very well this season for Brian Mayen. Probably slightly disappointing last time, and I would have quite liked to have seen him win. But prior to that, at Haydock, he, he absolutely destroyed the field um, on good ground. My, I, I do have worries about him on soft ground. The only time we have seen that in, it was in the Britannia, where he finished 12 of 22. Um, but I, on better ground, I think he'll be seen to more effect. And I think Stefano Church's £5 claim means he'll be carrying eight stone one on his back which is literally nothing in one of the I feel like he's running free in this big field handicap and I think towards the lower of the weights he's probably the most of interest even though even though that last time I I do think he should have won do you know what mate (laughs) my shortlist doesn't look too different for yours Especially in terms of the outsiders, I I think Dubai 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 Mirage <laughs> Dubai Mirage. Jesus Christ, I've been on Dubai's judging by that. Fuck you now. Dubai Mirage uh, is t- is definitely overpriced at twenty eight to one. I agree with that. Uh, lightly raced three year old. You know we saw Lord North win it last season. I don't think this lad's as good as Lord North, but. Look, with Church's claim he runs here off 92, I'd hope he'd end up being a better horse than that. Another three-year-old who I'm interested in at a bigger price, what do you make of King Carney? I think he's a really intriguing runner in this. 25-1 to 1 for Charlie Fellows. Yeah, um, he was third to Tempers last time, wasn't he? Um, and that, that was his first start in a handicap, which is... What I found interesting, because I, I think really the uh, the fellows team wanted him to be a derby horse. He won the silver tankard at Pontefract back in the was, season as a two-year-old. I was there for that, and I remember watching it, and it was absolutely bottomless. He had a right big big stride on him. He's right imposing sort as he walked around the parade ring. He dictated the race, and I fancied the ears off Wycliffe, and uh, he, he got the better of me that day. But I I got the idea when he won that. I thought. Fellows had a, a very good horse on his hands, and he's slightly disappointed since. Well, the, uh, I say, the, the, they ran him in two derby trials, and he got his arse handed to him in both. Uh, but drop back down to a mile, handicap debut. I felt that was a very good run when Tempest beat him. You know, overright we know as well as has been enjoying a relatively decent season. It was a, it was quite a solid field of season handicappers, the likes of Kazban and Afarkin behind. Uh, he's an intriguing one to say. They started him out over a mile and a half. They've come all the way back to a mile with him, up another furlong here, and a bit of a pace to aim at. He's a little bit of a, a left field uh, runner in this, isn't? There's not. He doesn't fit a particular, you know. Look, there's 29 runners, and a lot of them running the sort of races you'd expect to see Cambridge runners turn up in. King Carney just a little, has just a little bit of a different profile, and he intrigues me at 25s. He might absolutely bomb out, 
but he's not boring. No, my only worry with him is it's his first time running in a proper big field, and and the races that he's won or done well in have been relatively small fields. You say that though, mate. I'm, you know, I, I'm tr- I was trying to have a look for something further down the market to make it a bit interesting, looking for these horses who have been running all right in handicaps and have just been steadily creeping down the weights without without being dreadful. And I can't I can't really find anything. The, the good handicap form this this year has all generally just been bullied by two horses who were Sabuska and Montafan. Yeah, it's been winning everything between them. Bullied is the perfect way to put that. Uh, and the pair of them should both go well. I mean, in terms of prices, mate, Montafum's got to be a better bet at 14s, getting weight off Sabusco. Yeah, having beaten prior to that at York. Entirely, and if we know Sabusco's come out and since, you know, been, been second in a group two, then Montafum of 129, who I know he got beat by posted. It was a little bit of a shock result a couple of weeks ago. He still finished ahead there of, you know, epic hero, you know, placed in group level this season. Lavender's Bloom, who is a group level filly in that race. 109 underestimates how good Montafam is. And he might be where I land. You know, it, it, it's, not, it's not what my usual strategy would be for a 29 runner race to go for genuinely one of the most obvious ones you know I, I, I really feel like I should be trying to come up with something clever at about 33 to 1 or something lightly raced or something that might might not just be as absolutely blatant but for a blatant horse I don't think he's a bad price <laughs> he's not to be fair you know that, yeah, that another horse who I have I think a lot of people seem to think has one of these in him, been well supported all season, and he's a best price of 20 to 1. Again, I wouldn't mind having fifth position on my side, even though I feel he's a little bit high in the weights. Surely he's capable of winning one of these, placed in the John Smith's Cup, placed again at the Ebor meeting last time. You know, he did get his head in front in a small field at Donny. Third in that race at Newcastle on the second day of the season. That's the Busker one. Dark Vision also came out of that. And obviously Firmament did. My old mate who I put up to win at Royal Ascot. And it was the only horse out of that race who ran an absolute stinker at Royal Ascot. <laughs> uh, what do you make of him? Because this is the first time in a while that fifth position has kind of been overlooked in the betting. And that intrigues me. Yeah. Um, I think I think he's a difficult, a difficult horse to ride. Um he takes a bit of winding up, and he needs a good pace to aim at, but he needs to be fairly prominent, if you get what I mean. Like, I need, he needs to be midfield to sort of get a good shot at the leaders. He takes a bit of time to get going, and I, I do think he's quite a difficult ride. Um, and, well, if there's any time to announce yourself onto the stage, keep going, then it, it, it's this race, and you think fifth position... At 20s is a price that you'd certainly be interested in looking at his past uh, odds that he's gone off. Um, and he's interesting, but he's, I think he's just difficult to win with. And I, I, I can see him running into a place. Yeah, it's, it's just, again, he's a sort of also who I quite 
I quite like the idea of him over nine furlongs in the big field with a bit with what's surely going to be a pace to aim at. I don't quite see him as an out and out. Well, no, he's good over 12 furlongs. He has no problem over 12 furlongs. But I'm, I'm, I just think that this might play to his sense a little bit better. Uh, having a pace over nine rather than a little bit of a steadier, a steadier ten. I think if you were to push me for the winner, I'd go Montafem. But like I said, I can I can make cases for a lot of them. I like Dubai Mirage. I like fifth position. I think Kinkani's fascinating. Tempeson and Sinjari deserve their place at the top of the betting. One horse we haven't mentioned is a horse on the five-timer, Il Arab, the three-year-old. Uh, what do you make of him, mate? We saw him win last weekend at Newbury, quickly. Yeah, he, he won. Well, he just held on in the end. Um, against Royal Marine, good performance, and he's on a good roll, so it'd be dangerous to, to roll out, but uh, when he won at Thirsk in that, in that novice race, I didn't think he'd progress possibly to this this level but he's kept going with each each start at small little tracks and last time at Newbury he, he got up up and Kieran Fallon takes the ride off eight stone three and he certainly couldn't rule him out but I, I think that he may struggle in stronger company here Fair enough pal Go on then Jim easy pick the winner of the Cambridgeshire Uh. I'm going to go Dubai, Mirage, why not? <laughs> we've, got, we've got the title of the episode there, there, mate. Jesus Christ. 28 to 1. We love it. We love it. And you know what? I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you that it's, in, that it's a decent bet, that. Uh, I guess we'll quickly run through Newmarket on Friday. I said this, this will be going out Friday morning, so... The races might always have been run by the time you listen to this. Who wins the Princess Royal Mahara Stakes, Jim? Uh, Antonio de Vega. I agree. All on the de Vega bandwagon. I do. I'm slightly obsessed with all the de Vega fillies. Uh, the Rock Fell. Uh, Santoshi. Ooh. I like Isabel Giles, but I think the ground's not going to be soft enough for her. That, the soft ground's the key for her. I'm with Isabella. Isabella Giles to me. And the Joel Stakes. I mean, this is arguably one of the most intriguing races of the weekend. Because if Cameco loses this, that's a huge dent in his reputation. This is, this is, this is recovery mission. To Kamiko. You know, he's a horse who was. Vi has had to had come out of his last three starts all with viable excuses. There shouldn't be any excuses here, surely. No, but he's got to give a pound to Ben Battle, which will be a fair enough task. Um, I tell you what, I think Tilsit will be there or thereabouts. I think he, I was really impressed by his victory over my Auburn. I know he did a lot wrong and he's progressing quickly in a short amount of time and I know it's towards the end of his three-year-old campaign but if you were to pitch him now into the guineas like you had a, you had a virtual derby last week if I was to have a virtual guineas I don't think he'd be too far away. 
I think that's bold. I don't think he'd be in the five. Ooh, well, let's hope you're wrong then. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm with Kamiko, mate. It's a really good race. Uh, I, I, I like Tilsit, but just not... Kamiko's runs in defeats to me are as strong as, well, are better than Tilsit's wins. And I, I, I feel like we've not quite actually seen Kamiko play to his strengths since he won the Guinness. I hope he gets back on track here. I, I do quite like the horse. Uh, ben Battle is fine. I like top rank as well. I put him up uh, when he won the superior mile at Haydock uh, last time out on the form line there with my Obron. Ties in quite tightly with Tilsit. Good racing. Mate, uh, we also have Goshen. Yes, it's all going to get spicy, mate. It's going to get spicy. 13 to uh, 8 on to win the 345 at Haydock on Saturday on the flat. Uh, it's a 6 a handicap. Goshen's in there off 88. Hopefully, it's a nice spin round on the start to a tilt at the champion hurdle, uh, which I don't think he'll win. But We'll talk about that later when we get into our jump season preview when that's released. Anything else you'd like to talk about this weekend? Um, Galleon's over seven at Newmarket on Saturday in the last race. Another turtle horse to follow. I think um, he's got a good chance in that. But I think he should have won last time. Uh, Not really other than that, no. Well, it's nap time then, mate. Oh, it's nap time. Time for a sleep. Uh, no. Um, it's almost midnight, to be <laughs> fair. Um, nap supremacy. Next best, we're going to go with Cove. And our reserve will come in the Cambridgeshire with a big old swing at Dubai Mirage. I like that. I really like that. Uh, my nap comes at the Curragh uh, in the Group 3 Renaissance Stakes. And I know it's a cliche, but Summergan really should win this. <laughs> Will he finally get a group win? He should do. He really should do. He's £5 clear on ratings. I'd be most scared of Forever in Dreams. But she's not quite been at her best that often this year. Uh, I guess her best start was a penultimate one where she was, you know, a neck and a head away from Glenn Shield and Sunaila, who both ran, you know, Glenn Shield second in the Sprint Cup. Sunaila ran an absolute belter in the Flying Five down to a trip that wasn't really at her best. That She'd be the one I'd be scared of. But Summergan's best form is, be, is the strongest in this race this season. I hope he gets the job done. Might be a little bit of bias in that. Uh, next best, I like Galu. Uh, before you mentioned him, I, I was going to be in my three. And it backs me up that I, that you're quite confident as well. So I'll, I'll go for Galu in the 440 at Newmarket as my next best. And my reserve, it's a short price, but I'll probably be with high definition. Twin the Beresford. Looks like one of Aidan O'Brien's better two-year-olds this season turned over. Uh, his stable companion, Words with that debut. 
overcame a lot of trouble in running as well. It's a race Aidan O'Brien absolutely farms. Uh, there's also the Dermot Weld uh, maiden winner Bakud in there, Ace Aussie for Jessica Harrington. Uh, one of the stronger two-year-old group twos traditionally of the season tends to produce middle distance horses rather than milers. Uh, my little novice chase corner. You've got three horses coming out, coming off the back of runs in grade ones at your toxic tomorrow. Fusel Raffles takes on Gumball and quick grab him. Good race that, Jim. Good race. I wouldn't be surprised if Gumball could turn Fusel Raffles over. Oof, oof, oof. Bold. I mean, it's not really that bold. It's two to one versus five to six. Uh, it's not. There's not massive difference. In fact, Jim, Gumball's rated two pounds better. Oh, that's a bit. That's hurdlers. Is it though? Uh, I think it is. Fuels of raffles. I mean, he's a, he's a hard horse to make anything of because obviously he only won juvenile races and then he scraped home in the elite hurdle, which was a little bit of a nothing race. Gumball was consistent in big field handicaps for, you know, for a long time. It takes a big performance to win the uh, to win that opening race at Ascot and then go on and place in the Great Wood off, off of a big mark. Interested to see how they fare. Really, really good race. An absolute treat for this early in the season. There's also a tidy enough novice chase at Newton Abbott on the Monday. Uh, Darling Maltese in there with Cool Cody and I.K. Brunel making his chase debut. Nice to see him out. He could be a quite a smart stayer this season. Uh, it, I mean, we're going to be ramping up the national chat. The Turf Talk 12 is under assembly for our jump season. We will also have a separate Horses to Follow special just between myself and James Horses who we think it would be worth to keep on side for the new season. So I hope uh, you'll enjoy that when it's recorded. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening to Turf Talk this week, though. Uh, thanks to Rating the Races for the continued support. And thanks to everyone for listening. Hopefully we found some winners. See you all soon. Stay safe.